confessed. When my boyfriend is working in his studio and I want him to pay attention to me, I jump in the door frame and I shoot lasers out of my clitoris with a pew, pew, Star Wars sound. Pew, 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 to get his attention. Talking about pussy power over here. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. Thank you for listening to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear was recorded on September 18th, 2014, Bedpost four-year anniversary. Jack Darling shares a coming-of-age personal essay about one night in college with a man who changed his life. Here is Jack reading Andrew. Andrew was an average-looking guy. Blue eyes, dark hair. He dressed nicer than most of the University of Texas students. Frankly, he looked like a straight guy, kind of metro before the term had been coined. But he was as gay as Liberace without all that crazy sparkle and that irritating voice. Andrew and I were in a small English class together. Having just broken up with my first girlfriend, I was working on my game. I was a stereotypical, awkward, late bloomer. Thinking of expanding my odds, I changed my minor to women's studies. Andrew said he knew of better ways, so he took me under his wings. He told me that I was talented and funny and that I had a gift with words. I knew this already. I'd been paid on several occasions to write poems or letters for the ladies of my male friends, ladies that I had crushes on, so I meant these words. But Andrew had a different game. He told me about dating rich men, specifically mostly married rich men. Do you fuck them, I asked? Only for money. (laughs) Blink, blink, blink went my eyes. Andrew also told me that sometimes the men didn't want sex. Sometimes they wanted to be tickled or spanked, pissed on, or even shit on. Many of these details intrigued me, but learning that Andrew shit into someone's mouth for money was just plain gross to me. (laughs) To me, shit is a private matter, okay? Sorry for anybody into that out there. So, learning about Andrew's sexual exploits blew my mind. At this point, I had only had one sexual partner. I was still coming to terms with being gay, and Andrew was sucking, fucking, and more with other men for money. This shit was crazy. I was poor as hell going to college on a track scholarship, and Andrew was making bank with rich married men. I was jealous, appalled, and absolutely a fan of Andrew. (laughs) One day in class, Andrew slipped me a note. He needed a huge favor that night in Houston. A wad of cash was in it for me. He underlined, no is not an option. I wrote back, no, crossed it out, wrote how much, crossed that out, and said no. He wrote back, see skirt across the way? She's always staring at you. Look up. Do it now. I looked up and skirt was staring my direction. I smiled and went into an immediate blush. Andrew tossed me another note. Now you owe me. We're going to Houston. (laughs) I spent the rest of class not hearing a word the professor said. I stared down at the note rereading, she's always staring at you. I let my eyes move to look over at her, her tan feet peeking out from underneath her long white skirt, her small tits colored by a turquoise tank top, and her tan neck surrounded by a snake-like silver necklace. Her skin was kissed by the sun in the way my skin would never know. She had a small... Yeah, thanks, bitches. 
You you gonna call me freckle face? You're hot. You're hot. Let's just submit that. I was trying to be sweet. We ready? Okay. <laughs> she had a small pointed chin, rose-colored lips, a small diamond nose piercing, and green eyes. Huge green eyes that were eyes looking right back at me. I felt my face flush. I wrote, whatever you want on a piece of paper, and threw it back to Andrew. The wheel's now in motion. After class, Andrew took me shopping. He brought me a black suit, a baby blue shirt, black tie, black leather belt, and shiny black shoes. It kind of felt like a scene from Pretty Woman. And with that, we were on the road. We drove to Houston listening to gay-thumping club music. Andrew told me that my last-minute fill-in was due to another guy canceling. I was the next closest thing to what his client wanted. The rules of the night were as such. The three of us would have a a dinner at a fancy restaurant. We'd sit in a small corner booth. Andrew would make small talk with the man he called his daddy. I was not to speak. I was only allowed to cut my steak slowly. I could not eat the steak. And daddy would watch me. Andrew, what the hell are you getting me into? Money, he responded. Look, he only wants to look at you while I jack him off under the table. He likes, yeah. He likes blonde, blue-eyed boys and freckles. You're a hard commodity. Anyway, you get to keep the clothes and have a fancy dinner that I can't eat. I'll bag it for you. Oh, and you'll know when it's time to leave. I will. So how much do you get? A thousand and some change because I drove all the way with the blonde blue-eyed prize. Jesus, do you really think I can pass? Not yet, but you will. In Houston before dinner, we went to see Sam. Sam had crazy naked blood splatter all over her walls, and while she was very close to my face, I learned that she was a makeup artist. She spent over an hour on my face, giving me thicker eyebrows and a five o'clock shadow. I didn't look at her work until I had my suit on. Once dressed, Sam walked me to a full-length mirror. I was so taken aback by my reflection, I looked like a man, and I looked good. (laughs) I asked, what's my name? Sam, without hesitation, said, Jack, you are most definitely a Jack. I felt like I was in one of those transformation makeover movies from the 80s that I loved as a kid, like Can't Buy Me Love and Pretty in Pink. I was finally wearing the clothes that felt normal to me. I was overwhelmed. I was Jack. I hugged Aunt Sam ever so tightly before we left. I was so full of nerves when we rolled up to the restaurant that Andrew had to tell me to get out of the car so the valley guy could actually park it. But then as soon as I opened the door to the restaurant, something changed. I stood tall. I felt light and in my element, even though I really didn't have a clue what the hell I was getting into. We arrived 30 minutes late to make Andrew's daddy think we weren't coming. Andrew told me to wait at the entry while he said hello to his daddy. I was not allowed to know the daddy's name, only that he was a rich married man visiting Houston from Florida on business. Andrew met him on an online chat room, and about every four months, they'd meet up to fulfill whatever fantasy had transpired from their online chats. Sir, you okay, asked the waitress. I shook my head yes, although I was thinking no. It was not the first time I was mistaken as a boy, but it was the first time I truly looked the part. I took in a few deep breaths and went over my duties. Cut the steak slowly. Do not eat. Do not talk. I'll know when to leave. Andrew gave me the nod. Upon joining the table, Daddy spoke directly to Andrew. 
Andrew relayed that Daddy had ordered me a dirty martini and a filet mignon medium rare. I did not move except to sip my drink until my food arrived. Then I cut my steak slowly and manly. Andrew proceeded to make dirty talk between he and his daddy look like casual and nonchalant. Daddy told Andrew that he would make the pretty bond boy speak when his dick was in the boy's ass. He would make the boy grunt like an animal until his cum shot into the boy's ass and right out of his mouth. (laughs) Andrew then relayed the same exact message to me. I just slowly cut my steak. (laughs) The man took off his shoe and rubbed his fat, sweaty sock foot along my leg. I got nervous that he might actually work his way up and find a fake hard cock. I didn't move except to keep my knife and fork in motion. I could feel my face turning red, but it was dark, so I knew they couldn't tell. I kept cutting, and Andrew kept stroking him until he pushed his foot hard into my leg and released it. Then Daddy adjusted himself in his entire, pulled his half napkin out from under the table, and dropped it right onto my plate. Andrew did not tell me that part about Daddy's fucking cum-stained napkin on my plate. But he did say I would know when I was to be excused. So I stood up, looked at the man with disgust, and threw my napkin back at him. Yeah, I'm tough. 20 minutes later, Andrew met me outside and slid $500 into my jacket pocket. God, if only you were a real boy, we'd be really, really rich. I mean, I was on a high. I mean, I had made $500 for not eating. I also had a totally new identity, new clothes. And I knew this was not the last time I was going to be Jack. The night was ours. Drinks and more drinks were had at gay bars. I was getting seriously checked out by the fellas, but Andrew kept them at bay. I was under his wings, and he liked the attention we were getting. Exhilarated from the sexual exploit and attention as Jack and just drunk enough to do almost anything, Andrew took me on one last adventure. We ended the night by stopping at an adult movie store. We walked through the fluorescent lights of the main room to a door leading us to an almost pitch black area with rows of small rooms the size of bathroom stalls, lit with little red lights. I did not want to touch anything. The floor was very, very sticky. (laughs) We entered a room and Andrew gave me 50 cents for a porn jukebox and told me to pick something. I did, lesbian born. He instructed me to stick my head out the door and then I would see men lined up against the wall. He told me to pick the one I was most attracted to. I hesitated, thinking about touching the doorknob. But I was too curious and exhilarated to worry over germs. I opened the door and looked down the row of nine men, leaned against the wall and waited my sign. I nodded, pointed to a dark-haired, brown-eyed boy. He then entered the room next to us and immediately stuck his dick through a hole in the wall. So glory holes really exist, I thought. Andrew began touching the boy's dick and asked me if I wanted the guy to come over to us or for him to go over to his side. Without a pause, I said, you go. (laughs) And then I stood with my leg forcefully against my door while I looked through the glory hole. Andrew bent over my boy and started fucking him from behind. I was mesmerized by the shadows of these two bodies banging into one another and the gruff sounds and smacking. I'd never seen live sex before. I was absolutely turned on and completely in shock. 
Again, I could feel my face flushed with heat and my heart raced. Everything felt raw and exposed. My breath was shallow as Andrew came onto Brown Eyed Boy's back. Brown Eyed Boy turned around and without missing the beat, stuck his dick into Andrew's mouth. The boy leaned in, his head back. Andrew sucked and pumped and swallowed. And as, just as quickly as they got undressed, they redressed. And without any exchange of words, Andrews escorted me back through the lights of the store and out to the car. Everything was so effortless for him. He owned something that I didn't possess. He made me feel wild, exposed, and absolutely thunderstruck. We stood outside the car looking at one another, and I was completely overwhelmed by him. He finally asked, you ready to go home? I nodded, yes. We listened to his gay boy club music all the way back to Austin. (laughs) And I sat there thinking about the girl in the white skirt from our English class. Her smell, I wanted her smell on me. I wanted to keep this night, but wash it away enough so I could have my own heat, my own fantasies met. I wanted to punch the window out because I was full of the body electric Walt Whitman spoke of. I was broken open and completely unexpectedly undone by a man of all people, Andrew. And because of him, weeks later, I would find myself wearing the scent of the girl in the white skirt on my black suit. She would be on my bed naked, reaching her arms back, pushing off my bedroom window screen, and hanging her body halfway out the window as the rain met her skin and rolled down into my mouth as I took her in. It would be because of him. Thank you. Jack Darling is a magician, actor, writer, comedian, and all-around rascal and romantic. Out to prove beautiful things come from trailer parks, y'all. Stirring up trouble on stages all over town is Jack's specialty. Jack is the founder of the music troupe Turning Tricks with the Darlings, who were named Frontera's Best of Fest 2012. More at jackdarlingmagic.com. Bed Post Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of MiaOnTop.com, Julie Gillis of JulieGillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of That's What Sadie Said.com, and managed by Sarah Henry of O. Henry Events. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin of Innuendo Studios. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bed Post Confessions at BedPostConfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I've had sex with four different guys in one day, all from Grindr, all outside. Yo, I was like, what is Grindr? Because I might need this. And then, what is I genuinely don't I'm know sorry. what it is. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what Grinder is. No, Grinder is like Tinder, but for gay people. Oh, for gay men. Amen. Gay men. Oh, oh, I confess that I am a 21 year old virgin. The reason I picked this is because she put a little sad face. Baby, don't be sad. No. I didn't lose mine until I was 22, and I caught up with a vengeance. Totally It'll be all right. Fine.